unum sanctum, one God, one faith, one spiritual authority. Bull of Pope Boniface the Eighth, promulgated on November eighteenth, thirteen o two. Urged by faith, we are obliged to believe and to maintain that the Church is one, holy, Catholic, and also apostolic. We believe in her firmly. And we confess with simplicity that outside of her there is neither salvation nor the remission of sins. As the spouse in the canticles proclaims, One is my dove, my perfect one. She is the only one, the chosen of her, who bore her. And she represents one sole mystical body whose head is Christ and the head of the church is God. See 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. In her then is one Lord, one faith, one baptism. See Ephesians chapter 4 verse 5. There had been at the time of the deluge only one ark of Noah, prefiguring the one church, which ark, having been finished to a single cubit, had only one pilot and guide, i.e. Noah. And we read that, outside of this ark, all that subsisted on the earth was destroyed. We venerate this church as one, the Lord having said by the mouth of the prophet, Deliver, O God, my soul from the sword, and my only one from the hand of the dog. See the Psalms, chapter 21, verse 20. He has prayed for his soul, that is, for himself, heart, and body, and this body, that is to say, the church. He has called one because of the unity of the spouse, of the faith, of the sacraments, and of the charity of the church. This is the tunic of the Lord, the seamless tunic, which was not rent, but which was cast by lot. See John chapter 19, verses 23 to 24. Therefore, of the one and only church, there is one body and one head, not two heads like a monster. That is Christ and the vicar of Christ, Peter and the successor of Peter. Since the Lord speaking to Peter himself said, Feed my sheep. See John chapter 21, verse 17. Meaning, my sheep in general, not these nor those in particular, once we understand that he entrusted all to him, Peter. Therefore, if the Greeks or others should say that they are not confided to Peter and to his successors, they must confess not being the sheep of Christ, since our Lord says in John, there is one sheepfold and one shepherd. We are informed by the texts of the Gospels that in this church and in its power are two swords, namely the spiritual and the temporal. When the apostles say, Behold, here are two swords, see Luke chapter 22, verse 38, that is to say, in the church, since the apostles were speaking, the Lord did not reply that there were too many, but sufficient. Certainly the one who denies that the temporal sword is in the power of Peter has not listened well to the word of the Lord commanding, Put up thy sword into thy scabbard. See Matthew chapter 26, verse 52. Both, therefore, are in the power of the church, that is to say, the spiritual and the material sword, but the former is to be administered for the church by the latter by the church. The former in the hands of the priest, the latter by the hands of kings and soldiers, but at the will and the sufferance of the priest. However, one sword ought to be subordinated to the other and temporal authority subjected to spiritual power. For since the apostle said, There is no power except from God and the things that are ordained of God. See Romans chapter 13 verses 1 to 2. But they would not be ordained if one sword were not subordinated to the other, and if the interior one, as it were, were not led upwards by the other. For according to the blessed Dionysius, it is a law of the divinity that the lowest things reach the highest place by intermediaries. 
then according to the order of the universe, all things are not led back to the order equally and immediately, but by the lowest by the intermediary, and the inferior by the superior. Hence we must recognize the more clearly that spiritual power surpasses in dignity and nobility any temporal power whatever, as spiritual things surpass the temporal. This we see very clearly also by the payment, benediction, and consecration of the tithes, but the acceptance of power itself and by the government even of things. For with truth as our witness, it belongs to spiritual authority to establish the terrestrial power and to pass judgment if it has not been good. Thus is accomplished the prophecy of Jeremiah concerning the church and the ecclesiastical power. Behold, today I have placed over you over nations and over kingdoms and the rest. Therefore, if the terrestrial power err, it will be judged by the spiritual power. But if a minor spiritual power err, it will be judged by a superior spiritual power. But if the highest power of all err, it can be judged only by God and not by man, according to the testimony of the Apostle. The spiritual man judgeth of all things, and he himself judged by no man. See 1 Corinthians 2.15. This authority, however, though it has been given to man and is exercised by man, is not human, but rather divine, granted to Peter by a divine word and reaffirmed to him, Peter, and his successors by the one whom Peter confessed. The Lord saying to Peter himself, Whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound also in heaven. See Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. Therefore, whoever resists this power thus ordained by God, resists the ordinance of God. See Rome chapter 13, verse 2. Unless he invent, like Manichaeus, two beginnings, which is false, and judged by us heretical. Since according to the testimony of Moses, it is not the beginnings, but in the beginning that God created heaven and earth. See Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Furthermore, we declare, we proclaim, we define that it is absolutely necessary for salvation that every creature be subject to the Roman pontiff.